0: This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. This is Baseball Outside the Box with Peter Caliendo. Innovative thoughts from baseball's best coaching minds from around the world. Brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, former USA Baseball National Team coach, Peter Caliendo. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you're at, in the U.S. or around the world. Thanks for listening to Baseball Outside the Box. I'm your host, Pete Caliendo. Hey, we have part two. And before we get to part two, I want to say a special thank you to the Lineup Media Group for hosting the show. Our producer, Brian Crock, and also ESPN Honolulu. Thank you so much for hosting the show on your website. We're getting a great response. And of course, to our listeners, uh continue to share the show we're we are in over 100 countries and it's all because of our listeners so we want to thank you hey we're in part two we're brian manetti and uh is it a great show part one was outstanding you're going to love part two brian gets into his decision Uh, we call it fearless actually he calls it fearless And he's definitely fearless when he decided to run for president of the World Baseball Softball Confederation. That is the governing body of the sport, the baseball and softball worldwide. It is one of the most important positions in the game of baseball anywhere. Um, Extremely influential. And Brian's running for president. He's also running for executive board member at large, chairman of the baseball division, also vice chairman of the baseball division. And if he gets one of those, he will be very instrumental in continuing to help the WBSC. Grow um, because he will do a fantastic job. Listen to how he makes that decision. The trip to Slovenia took. The people he met. um, You know what he did afterwards. Why he thinks he will be a great president or be a great person in other positions. Great stuff you could learn from this interview. I learned a lot. And man, one thing I did learn is that he is fearless, and that's what you got to be in life. Um, And I hope to you know to be able to do that in the future myself. I think that's one of the toughest things to do. So listen up folks, you're going to learn a lot and uh, we'll see you after the show. I want to get into the WBSC. I've kept you a long time, but I got, I got to, You know, we, we could be, this show could be five hours um, um, because you got so much knowledge and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I want to ask you, this might be a tough question because um, there may not be an answer on this, but you got to admire the Rays, the Rays organization. I do because, you know, Funding-wise, they don't have a lot of money, but yet they're always there. Someone's going to say, well, they didn't win at all. Well, they also don't have $250 million either, payroll. Um, what do you think makes them special? They're not going to tell us. You know, I've got scouts and friends that I want to get on a show, you know, but they can't tell you what's different, right? Because those are hidden secrets. That, otherwise, they're giving up their secrets. But what do you think are some of the things that makes them Unique, why do they always make the playoffs? Why do they always continue to develop players, uh, compete?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I'll, I'll answer this in the same way that I, I would talk about probably any business that's that's uh in the same boat, and I'll tie it in the WBSC and talk about how you know probably 80 or 90 percent of the federations are, are small federations, small market clubs, if you will. Perfect. Um, I, I think that the Rays are fearless and it's incredible. Um, I, I admire you know, going back, you know, even to Andrew Friedman and, and then Haim uh, and Eric Neander. And these guys are, are and all the people they have had around them that are incredibly talented, some have left and some are still there. They're just, they're fearless, they, they are fearless. And it's amazing, it's amazing to watch them take chances and do things that people, people scoff at, people make fun of and it works and then they copy it three years later. And they're completely fearless about it. And I love that. And I think it's I think it's something that everyone should should pattern kind of the behavior. Maybe not, you know, if you don't have to take those chances, I think that's part of it is the necessity for them to, to have to be fearless mm. and take those chances. Uh, and it's not going to work all the time. And they own that. And I, I just admire the heck out of, out of that whole thought process and how they go about it. So I think that's the kind of, again, as an outsider, uh, you know, with friends over the years that have worked there like you, uh, that's something I've always admired. I just think that they have, you know, guts and, you know, they stick to their, their plan and their process and their beliefs. And that's really hard. It's really hard um, these days where there's so much scrutiny on every single thing you do, every decision, people can't wait to tear it down. And, you know, they just stick with it. And sometimes they, it works and sometimes they don't and they're really smart and and they just go after it. And I love that.
0: Yeah. I want to thank everybody on Facebook, man. You guys are fantastic. We're still rocking and rolling here with Brian and this is, and I'll tell you what, Brian, I was expecting a different answer. And man, did, did you blow my mind? Because fearless. And I'll tell you why. Because I think you hit on the button. Because I was thinking more, you know, different things they do internally, you know, with statistics, with, you know, a rap solo, with their pitch. I'm sure they have unique things they do there from a development standpoint. But the ability to make those changes and how they play the game, how they develop the game, and not worry about the effects of it till they see them. Wow. Fearless. And this leads right into, I think what I kind of mentioned too, when we're talking on the phone, talk about fearless. Here you are. Yeah. You got a great background baseball. You know, I asked you in uh, Slovenia, I said, well, you know, what are you doing here? You know, I think I didn't ask it that way. a little nicer.
1: I I got a lot of that. I, you know, big, dumb, big dumb American guy showed up in Slovenia. I wasn't (laughs) selling anything. I wasn't asking for anything. No.
0: And you paid your own way. You did everything yourself. Um, and that's why I'm saying fearless because, not only is it fearless to make that trip, all of a sudden now you're up for four positions with the WBSC. And you're not just up for a technical or a committee. You're up for president of the WBSC, executive board member at large, chairman of the baseball division, vice chairman of the baseball division. Uh, this took some cojones. Uh, <laughs> you know, so if, uh, sorry I offended anybody, but talk about fearless so talk about that process because you had to make that decision why did you make that decision first of all to go to slovenia and now to become involved and and hopefully make a difference in the wbsc
1: sure well, I, uh, someone who means a lot to me once said i've got more guts than brains um so well, that's true let me tell I, uh, <laughs> you <laughs> so, yeah look I, I this none of this was I, I, and i apologize to any of the countries that i've talked to that are that are listening to this and and you know i they're going to hear some similar stuff uh to what i've said to them because a lot of people have had to explain how the heck did I get here and and it's and really it's totally organic I I had no idea what I was getting into and I I I had you know a very very small idea just when you work for a team your interaction with federation level people is really you know limited to and most times um, you maybe have some some relationships here and there for the most part it's limited to hey can we use your player for this under 23 tournament or the WBC Mm. or whatever and so, you know, you know, it exists, but you don't necessarily know much about it. And so I had some time to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, and very, you know, almost naively, I didn't know that I was kind of threading a needle of need, uh, but I was, I sent an email to a lot of smaller federations. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm on an advisory board for USA Baseball, and, but I otherwise didn't reach out to any um, larger federations. I just figured they don't need somebody like me. They got plenty of people that they can lean on for help. Uh, so I started reaching out to smaller federations, just offering to, you know, set up a call and see if I could find a way to help them. I, I, you know, I'm lucky enough that this moment I, I wasn't requiring any sort of, you know, compensation or anything. I just really wanted to find an outlet to, to help people that, that needed help. I, I didn't know that one, most federations don't have money. And two, I didn't realize that, you know, the smaller federations were the majority. Uh, I also didn't realize that they didn't have a ton of help um, and, you know, would be really, you know, not just receptive, but excited to, to have someone to talk to and bounce ideas off of. I had no idea. And so I, at, at the recommendation of one of the first people I talked to, they, they said, hey, you got to come to Slovenia. You can meet a lot of people. Everybody in Europe will be there. Um, I've been to going to the general manager's meetings, uh, but for this winter, the, the first time I went was 2003. Um, I've gone to the winter meetings since 2003. Um, the, the biggest thing I could, the, the thing I could most liken it to is like a more formal, more political general manager's meeting. Uh, I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, and, and it was wild. It was really cool for me. Again, like you said, I, I kind of showed up there and people were like, what's this dude doing here? And then eventually conversations flowed and it was great. And I, and I did. I I, my, I accomplished my goal of uh, meeting a ton of people. Uh, I really went into it with no expectations other than hoping I would learn something and meet some cool people and, and uh, find a way to help some people. Um, I didn't think it was going to lead me to a full-time job. I didn't think, you know, really anything. I just wanted to give it a try and see. And so it was kind of, in a lot of ways, a lot of respects, to a, a you know, an old-fashioned networking uh, event, uh, and so, I, I leaving there, I, I started having conversations with people and, and uh, you know, picking up more and more calls and trying to help some people with some projects here and there, and, and uh, eventually the, the topic of you know potentially running for office uh, came about, and you know, even then, I, I I don't know that, I don't know that I was sure I would be nominated. Uh, I'm very very honored and flattered to have been nominated, uh, especially for important positions, and. I think really what, you know, where it came from was realizing as I started having more and more conversations that a lot of people's issues were the same. Um, The scope of them, like I mentioned earlier, the scope is very different. You know, we've got countries that are, you know, solely trying to develop major league players and elite college players. And we have countries that don't have a proper field, which to me is outrageous and something we need to address, but they're trying hard. And it's been incredible to, you know, first of all, if you're going to run for a position like this, you have to have something that can help all of these people uh, and I think I'm kind of uniquely situated in that regard where, you know, I, I have an appreciation for the people that have the least and came from the least and have the smallest operations. And I'm, you know, access in circles for the you know, wealthiest league in our sport or one of our sports, I should say. So um, you know, I'm kind of uniquely situated in that regard uh, with my experiences and things like that, as much as I'm a bit of an outsider to the, the governing body space. It's uh, just kind of a different view and a different perspective, but also an appreciation for all these people. And so figuring out how, you know, what, I, what happened was I, I kept having conversations with people and every time I get off the phone with a country, I would feel inspired and energized. Uh, I talked to three different countries today and I had the same feeling every single time where I find myself making notes and man, I could, I could really help these people with this or connect them to this or, you know, this country and this country are having the same issue and how can we address that wholesale? Uh, and I kind of, you know, accidentally figured out that there wasn't a lot of cohesion uh, and there wasn't a lot of kind of uh, you know, collaboration between countries. I think I don't think it's an accident that there are more women in leadership in softball, but I found softball federations more likely to talk to each other and help each other than uh, maybe some of the baseball. But uh, generally speaking, there were a lot of people out there, um, you know, working on the same problem, and they could use a little bit of guidance and structure. And a lot of my career has been. You know, taking ideas and process and kind of implementing and executing. And, you know, so for someone who is kind of structure and process oriented in a lot of ways, when I started having these calls and realizing this, I, I kind of you know had a Fred Sanford moment of like, oh my goodness, we need to, we need to pull these people together and get this thing rolling. And, and that was kind of the inspiration, I think, in a lot of ways, just, you know, finding out that I accidentally backed into something here that you know, I, I, it turns out I'm super passionate about it. It kind of threads the needle of all the things that are important to me, whether it's, you know, look, I, I've grown to appreciate uh, softball and baseball five and the people associated with that. Um, but, you know, I've committed my career to baseball to this point. So it's one of our sports that I've, I've committed my whole career to. Uh, it's helping, you know, cultural development. I love learning. I love going to different countries and learning about the people and kind of how they go about their business. So learning that. So personally and professionally, that's been, been nice. And then also, you know, youth development. Um, I think people would be lying to themselves. Anybody who works in Major League Baseball, if at some point in your career, you didn't wonder, you know, what good am I doing in the world? Uh, and so, you know, this, this kind of, you know, I kind of backed into this, this world that you know, really kind of combines all these things that I, I, I'm passionate about. And, and uh, I think that's probably the biggest thing I can tell you is that once I started having these conversations, I couldn't shake them. And I just kept thinking about ways I could help. And at the end of the day, the idea of helping so many people that, you know, could use help and there's look, there's a lot of positives that exist already, you know, in the WBSC and kind of their growth over the last you know seven, eight years, but how can I help and how can I help change that and, and make that better for the people involved? And, and that's been inspiring for me. And that's how I've gotten to this point.
0: That sounds awesome. And speaking about doing things f- for people around the world, let's give a shout out to Michael Johnston, our good friend, uh, Michael, member, was with us in Slovenia. Um, just get—he had—he was clapping, so he's giving you a lot of claps there. Um, hey, uh, in order to for these four positions, in order to uh, go for them, you don't have to mention who, but what uh, you have to have a country who who puts your name into that into that spot. Yeah, yeah,
1: I, I had to be nominated um, by a federation, and as a, someone who's not a. An actual member of a federation. I, I'm a complete uh, interloper here. Right. Uh, so yeah. So I, I had to be nominated. And I, I again, I, I hoped that I would be nominated, but I wasn't completely sure that I would be. And so uh, I, I wasn't something I um, talked to too many people about. I was hoping that organically it would it would come about. But uh, ultimately, I was lucky enough to get nominated by uh, by uh, Norway and Georgia.
0: And you know what? And I'm not the only one. There's going to be a lot of people out there. I hope you get one of these four positions because. Uh, You know, being with the WBSC 20 years, you know, you will add a lot to really help us into, you know, having a larger goal and and continue to develop to what, you know, WBSC has been doing up till now, which they've done a great job, but it can keep growing and growing and growing. And I think you said it really well uh help a lot of these smaller countries that really need a lot of help uh, as you know we're, we're big also uh, and i say we isg baseball and baseball for good um in eastern europe you know i think that's an important area but they're not just eastern europe you got africa you got a lot of countries who uh, who need a lot of help speaking about help um and you kind of addressed some of this but i think it, i want to take the questions from from syed shah from pakistan um, you know, it says, if Brian became president or chairman of WBSC, um, what would be the top three main concerns or priorities uh, that you would start working on? Wow, oh, good uh, question. Kind of coming yeah.
1: with the, the high heat right away. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> look, I, I think whoever's in charge, um, the, the maybe priorities one through 100 is the Olympics, um, you know, making sure that baseball and softball you know, solidify their place in the Olympics going forward. Um, I've really grown to understand how that can impact funding, which ultimately is what everybody needs uh, is, is some level of funding or, or, you know, more funding, the better. Uh, so I, I think from a, you know, an awareness standpoint, from funding access to funds standpoint, uh, there may not be a greater issue than making sure that these sports are, are the, in the Olympics uh, going forward. Um, I think, you know, the next turn at this is, is Los Angeles in 2028 and um, you know, golly, if you, if you can't get in uh, with those sports in the United States, and I I you know I worry going forward. And so I think that's a big um, big priority for whoever's in charge is to make sure that. Uh, outside of that, I think you know there's uh, again I I think there are definitely positives going on, but I think generally speaking, my my goal would be to um, try and, and help as many federations as possible. Uh, I think you know one one of the ideas I have is to create kind of a tiered system of of, um, you know, bucketing the, the federations and, you know, obviously there's, you know, there are breadwinners and the people that are, you know, generating revenue for all of us, um, how do we make sure they're taken care of and, and find ways to make them happy and continue to grow and thrive, uh, you know, elite player development, uh, you know, uh, that type of stuff, uh, but also find ways to put money back in the pockets or save money for all of our smaller federations and, and really focus on development. Um, which I think is all tied together. Um, you know, I think there are ways to help a lot of countries uh, without just handing a check, uh, whether that's, you know, unifying ideas, uh, structured process to get people kind of organized, helping to unify costs and streamline them for them, uh, finding ways to be intentional with, you know, sponsorships that can offset the cost of these federations. Um, I think every country outside of about maybe seven to 10 uh, has issues with equipment. Um, I have some ideas about that, but I don't know how we can really solve that baseball equipment's expensive everywhere in the world and getting it to places that it's not a, uh, a you know, a native sport is, is expensive uh, and tricky. So there are a lot of ways to try at that. Uh, I certainly don't think I'm the smartest person to come through here. And the only person that's had ideas in any of these regards, but uh, that is going to be a big, big challenge. I think equipment, uh, putting it in the hands of, of kids to make it more accessible, uh, make it more a part of the, the, uh, the culture is going to be a big, big push. Uh, but I think generally speaking, finding ways to um, help federations grow. Uh, I think with the tiered system I have in mind, it's giving people a, a plan for growth, uh, tailoring it to each, each country. Uh, I think getting a, a very, very clear picture of where every country is in terms of, you know, look, their ability to, you know, their participation, uh, the number of players they have at what levels, at, at, you know, what sports, uh, the their number of you know, coaches, official scorers, umpires, uh, facilities, um, you know, uh, equipment, that type of stuff. How, how you know, competitive are they internationally? Are they ready for international competition? At what levels? Figure out a way to kind of delineate uh, and, and kind of uh, break these people up and then give the smaller uh, federations a plan for growth. I feel like uh, currently, you know, it's, it's a big haul for people to get a federation. And then once they do, I've, I've found a lot of people are kind of on their own to figure it out and figure out their own growth. And i what I've loved about this journey I've been on um, is meeting people all over the world that are so enthusiastic and so passionate about the growth uh, and all of them have these different ways of attacking specifically uh, specific to their country so working with these people to identify how we're going to help them grow specifically uh, you know incentivize them to grow uh, and get better and get bigger uh, and help these people along but I think really using the expertise of a lot of the people that already exist whether it's you know business leaders and, that happen to be a part of our federations uh, or people that are on a lot of the commissions that exist, there's a lot of really great people with a lot of great experience uh, that I, I don't know that they have maybe the voice or, or opinion that they, they could. Um, so really helping people to, to grow. And I think we're only going to be as good as our weakest federation. Uh, but, you know, looking at these smaller federations as, you know, a chance to grow our, our participation base, also potentially our revenue base, I think is a great thing. And so at the end of the day, it's, it's just trying to help everybody for the greater good. And you know, relying on each other to, to do a lot of that work too.
0: You know, and i want to give a shout out to Syed because he's done a great job in Pakistan. Earlier you mentioned, you know, other countries like Iraq, Iran, and others in the area who need a lot of help. I mean, they, I mean, I was in Tunisia. They, they are so passionate about the game there. You know, they just need some assistance. I'm with you on all that. I want to give a shout out to also Randall Arms who got hired as a pitching coach with uh, Pakistani national teams. And boy, he's been everywhere and, and, and Randall does it for the, you know, again, the, the love of the game. These draw people on Facebook who just love the game. I mean, we got, you know, we're talking about Belize, Tony Smith loves the game. I, I can go down the list of, you know, everybody I see on here, Michael, we talked about, um, and I, I wish I could go through everybody. There's so many people watching. Um, you know, the, I want to take you back a second. want to get your opinion on this because the Olympics, you're right, is so important because federations are funded according to the Olympics, right? If, they, if the sport's in the Olympic sport, federation gets money in that particular sport and this really hurts the small countries when baseball is not in the olympics what it's not an easy answer but what, what's the separator here because everybody's tried what do you think is, is something that needs to possibly be looked at to get baseball back into the olympics
1: yeah that's a great question i i so i'm not in those rooms i can't say specifically um i think if i was you know in that room in whatever regard Uh, It's trying to find the, you know, like you said, the inflection points of what's holding us back, what's, you know, preventing us from getting over the hump, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and and where do we need to focus our energy if it's, if it's, you know, showing that we have, you know, increasing international competition to show that there's interest, uh, and and not just from, uh, you know, uh, the top 20 or 30 or 40 countries, but showing that there's true interest in, in growing this internationally, competing internationally, Uh, if it's, you know, we have to get to a certain number of participants, and how do we do that? Um, I, I don't know exactly. Uh, I, I, you're, and you're right. I mean, I, a lot of the things I say, I, I don't pretend to be the first person that's thought about it or prioritized it. I think that this is a, a very, very big issue and it has been for a long time on, um, you know, thankfully in Japan, you know, we're in and, and that was a great thing. Um, hopefully that can carry forward, but I think it's figuring out exactly what the touch points are and how do we get there. Um, I feel lucky uh, again, whatever happens to possibly be able to help. Um, you know, given my my background, um, you know I, I've I've spent my career trying to spend owners' money uh, uh, and, uh, and you know get them to understand why something I'm doing that may not show immediate returns uh, is probably good for us, you know, as an organization, or good for us as a game, uh, better you know treatment of kids or, or staff or whatever it is. So I feel like I've spent my whole career trying to convince people to part with their money and with no clear immediate return. Um, so I think that's something I could help with, on top of just having you know some connections to that, but there's no guarantees. And, and I think at the end of the day, you have to just, you know, do your best to understand what the, what the you know, sticking points are and how can we address them? How can we, you know, clearly try and get over that hump uh, for everybody? Um, and yeah, like, like you said, I've learned that, you know, you're, you're at a federation, whether you have a team that can compete at the Olympic level or not, being able to go to your Olympic federation with the support of the WBSC and say, hey, you know, the WBC comes in and says, Hey, we're with these people. We're trying really hard and we're trying to do this thing together and we're with them. And this is going to be a legitimate thing. And then getting money from the the Olympic Federation or committee in your country to, to, you know, help you with development, I think, is is the key.
0: Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important that hopefully, you you know, you get one of these positions because, like you said, you're not in it yet. But once you get in it, you start to understand it, ask those questions um, and now be able to bring your business baseball background into it along with all your contacts with the owners, Major League Baseball, um, but just in general, corporate sponsors, possibly. You know, there's so many things that you could bring to the table um, to help. Um, And the more people we have like that, the better, obviously. Um, So I think that's awesome. I think that uh, it's a great thing. And speaking about business, it's gotta be run. You know, you were talking about spending money. for owners. I mean, that's important because how you spend your money and how you hold people accountable is critical to all this as far as developing the sport worldwide. Sure.
1: Yeah. I think, I think anybody who's asked for money from somebody, uh, you know, realizes your best path uh, to getting that money or that funding is by being able to show a clear plan with what you're going to do with it. Uh, so, uh, and even that sometimes doesn't always work. Uh, but I, I think, um, yeah, I think, you know, having an idea of what you want to do with it, I, look, I, I certainly can't guarantee more funding from anybody, but, um, you know, that's, that's a, a totally separate issue. But I think generally speaking, you know, putting money back into our federations for development purposes is critical. Um, you know, these people need help they, and there are a lot of them and we're really lucky that we have, you know, it's, it's probably no different than hockey with, you know, the, you have teams or federations rather countries that are their own businesses and they make quite a bit of money or they do well enough. Uh, and that's incredible. That's great. You hope we can all get to that point. Uh, but how can we help these people that aren't in that st- in that spot yet? And mm-hmm. how do we get them there? And part of it is investing in, in their development to help get them over the hump and get them growing and get them moving.
0: Excellent. Brian, is there anything, I'm sure you, because you put a lot of thought process into this, is there anything out there now that, you know, things that you've thought about that you said, man, this would be really good for the WBSC to do in the future, plans you have that if you either get the president's position or the baseball uh, chairman's position, things that can really help us grow the game internationally.
1: Sure, I, I think, I mean, I've probably got you know 50 pages of notes that came and, and ideas that came from from talking to all these people, whether it's about you know revenue generation or equipment or coaching or you know education uh, and all the tie-ins we could do there with funding, sponsorship, revenue, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I can't really summarize it all quickly, uh, but what I could say is I, I think using a lot of the people we have around the world that are so passionate and, so, and they're working so hard and I, I just can't say that enough um, I'm really lucky to I feel like I've created a lot of support uh, with some help but also on my own just reaching out to people organically because I want to learn and I want to know what's going on and I want to figure out if I can help uh, and I, I accidentally have created a lot of support for myself uh, you know from an election standpoint uh, with all the people that I've spoken to. And it's been incredible. Do I think everybody's going to vote for me that I've talked to? No. Uh, but I think I've spent a lot of time and I haven't asked for, for votes because I want to learn what's going on. I want to develop a relationship and a connection and I want to learn how I can help. Um, you know, I hope that that bleeds over into being elected to something. But uh, generally speaking, what I would say is I just have I've met some of the coolest people that are so into this and are, are devoting their free time, their money their own money to travel to, to events. They're paying for teams to travel internationally, uh, some of their uh, federation level teams mm-hmm. for competitions. They're paying to show up at, at congresses or conferences. They're paying for some of their coaches out of their own pocket uh, to get better at coaching or, or get, you know, uh, certified as, a, as an umpire or something like that. These people are paying their own money or using what little they have and getting creative. You know, I probably have more baseballs in my office than some of these countries have in their country. Yeah but they're running programs on them and kids are learning how to play our games, baseball, softball, baseball five. It's incredible. It's incredible. Some of the people that I've met that have been just so energizing and inspiring. And so I look forward to, you know, whatever capacity, hopefully giving those people more of a voice and a place at the table uh, with the people that are already there that have already run successful businesses or successful federations. It's a really like, it's just a really cool thing. Again, you, you can kind of probably sense I'm such a nerd about this, but it's just such a wide range of people uh, culturally, but also just, you know, there's so many people that have done so many different things, whether in sport or in business uh, that we have access to within our own ranks. And how do we engage those people for the greater good and help each other and incentivize federations to help each other along the way. And maybe that means, you know, you, you, you know, are, are left on your own instead of having to travel to play a tournament in a country in order to qualify. Maybe the fact that you're helping out some smaller federations with coaching or equipment or money, you get points for that, or, you know, you qualify automatically as well, whatever are ways that we can get creative to you know help each other out and i think that's something that, that maybe that's the next step for the wbsc is is really finding ways to help everybody grow and make us all better as a unit
0: yeah well said man i'll tell you what i'll give a you know again a shout out to the wbsc because i've been with them 22 years on a technical committee um you know and so i've seen some growth and they've really done a great job you know with the technology aspect that's really helped a lot but we're raising money because you know i remember 15 years ago you know, we weren't raising any money and I, it was just, it was given to us by obviously the Olympic committee, but there wasn't really a lot of marketing put into there. You know, the premier 12 wasn't there. where it brought in a lot of money. You know, the 12 U uh, world championships the Taiwan, bringing in money the you know, the, the media aspect, the marketing, it's really grown. They've really done a really good job, but it obviously needs to get bigger. It's the leader in international baseball. Um, you know, it's going forward. Um, and we just need to keep adding good people like yourself. I think it would really help. Um, I want to close it off with this and, and feel free. We don't have to close it off. You got anything else we want to say, we could keep going. But I want, the reason I want to close it off with this is because I've probably talked about it on the show uh, more than anything. And because I believe this in all heart um, and I've said this, I don't care if you're a youth league program. I don't care if you're a high school, uh, international team, clubs, you name it. Our goal is to grow the game. In order to grow the game, kids got to enjoy it, get better at it. That's a fact because if you don't get better, you're not going to play it and you're going to quit at a certain age. And look, people make excuses. Oh, I have 14. You're know, They're going to do something else. Yeah, I agree. There's other things to do, but if you love baseball and you're doing well, you ain't quitting. Um, I mean, you're going to keep playing something you enjoy, right? It's fun. Saying all that, It's a long-term thing. We want kids to stay in the game long-term. We don't want to just get them in the game and then out. And I really believe, bottom line, if you don't have good coaching, you're not growing anything. Because what stops kids from going forward, 99% of the time, is bad coaching. And not, not that they're blaming the coach. It's that They're just not doing the right things and it's not fun anymore practice is boring it's not fun i don't like the the person who's coaching you hear that a lot and you know folks send me all the emails saying i'm wrong but i'll send you all the facts of all the emails i get of of the kids that are saying that and they've done many studies on this um so coaching development education and there's so many different levels because it's broad all over the world you get you can't just paint you know throw one paintbrush on and say here's how you coach everybody Well, because you don't coach everybody the same. I mean, an eight-year-old, a five-year-old, you know, baseball five, everything's different. Um, How important is that to you? Because I just don't see the game growing without very, an educational program. Yeah, so absolutely. I think. That's not, that's my soapbox. Sorry.
1: (laughs) Well, no, no, but I would look, I would, I would say my first reaction to that is that's probably an issue in a handful of countries. I don't, you know, I don't know how much of an issue, well, you know, kids getting burnt out by bad coaching and things like that, or, or, you know, uh, over-aggressive tactics. I don't know that that's a universal thing because we have so many countries that lack coaches and you know, lack kids playing. And, and so how can uh, kids in some of these countries get so fatigued by it? But
0: I, let, wait, let me stop you there real quick. Only, sorry. It's the only time I want to stop just for a second, because I think you brought up another good point. So let me rephrase that. Good, excellent point. I agree. So here's the facts then with those countries you need coaching if you're going to grow the game. If you, So in other words, you need to attract parents or whoever it may be to coach the game so they can go out and get more kids to play. And it's kind of a cycle that they keep them in the game. So you also, in those countries, you still need good coaching. You just got to get them. You don't sure. have much.
1: Yeah. And you and, and I look, that's, I mean, this is, a, a, we could spend two hours talking about this topic. So I'll try and boil it down as, as best I can. So I think that's, a. I I think you have to, you know, Again, I, I think a lot of this is going to be tailored specifically to what a country needs. And I think it's understanding exactly where that country is and what do they need. There are some countries, the United States is certainly one of them, and there are, there are plenty of others where we can afford to be more kind of uh picky choosy, uh, you know, judicious about who we allow to coach or or at what levels and things like that. There are other countries, we just need whoever wants to do it. Whoever has a passion for it, whoever has the time. Or the the you know the ability to not have to work a second job and they can dedicate their time to, to helping kids play and learn, whether they're certified or not. I know that's an issue in some countries where you have to have a phys ed degree, for example, to, to in order to coach formally. Um, I, I, I think that should be a, a something we need are very you know picky about in, in each or specific about I should say and intentional about in each country. Um, you know we can be we can afford to be more kind of uh, uh, you know careful within certain countries and others. Most of the world just needs coaches and people that are enthusiastic about helping kids getting better and and helping kids learn these sports. So I want to start with that. Um, But I think in general, there are a lot of ways we can do it. I would love to see a lot more kind of free uh, online coaching access and and, and, you know, uh, forums and things like that to make use of people that are willing to donate their time to help educate our coaches worldwide. Uh, You know, you know, do even if it's continental using translators and things like that Mm -hmm. as best we can but find ways to really help our coaches get better uh, on our dime as a WBSC. Um, I think there are plenty of, you know, whether it's trying to revive some coaching envoy programs or revive, um, you know, coach exchanges and things like that, or make better use of those with some of the pro leagues uh, or colleges in the United States, Japan, Australia, that are playing more advanced baseball, um, you know, getting creative with those types of things. I think one thing that I think a lot of countries have, have started to focus on this, and I think it's really smart, is you know placing an emphasis on their kids getting to their better kids getting to play softball and baseball uh in college uh you know coming back to their country with one a, an advanced degree uh that hopefully will help their their careers two a, a better softball and baseball knowledge or iq by playing at a higher level internationally uh and then three you know coming back and having a desire to coach and help the next generation I think that that, you know, it's not, an, again, not necessarily a novel thought, but I think really putting an emphasis on that. Uh, and I think there, I have different ideas on how to kind of develop coaching, but um, I think putting an emphasis on that will really kind of expand your coaching network, uh, you know, a little, little more uh, quickly. Um, you know, finding ways to, in some of these countries that, uh, that have requirements in terms of a phys ed degree and things like that, maybe we waive that for people who played in college or who played professionally uh, in baseball or softball. And, you know, they're allowed to come and coach full full bore, you know, and that's essentially their degree by going away and doing it. So I think what happens too with with players, certainly in baseball, that sign internationally, it's really hard. And sometimes they come back and they don't have their degree. And now they're 23, 24, 25 years old. They've got to earn a living. So they've got to go to school or go make a living. They don't necessarily have the the means to then start coaching as well. So if we can put more people in a position to have their degrees when they come back home uh, or have their experience as a player count towards, you know, their, their profession, Uh, I think that could make a a, a little bit of hay too. I could talk about this for hours. No,
0: no, but well said, man, you brought it up well. And I'll tell you why, because technology wise, um, coaching seminars around the world could be done so well, you know, like you said, in continental regions and all that, you know, the other part, I think you, you brought up, I thought was excellent was, and that was, you know, some countries just need coaching, just need people to come out and help. And then we can start educating them a little bit, right? Give them resources because it's, you know, they're coming out to volunteer. Let, let's let's help them out like you said uh, and then you've got countries who are doing pretty good that don't need it as much because they have their own programs i mean a shout out to canada australia yeah. you know the holland cuba they got some great educational programs, and there's other countries italy's got a good program i mean and so on and so forth so i, I think you said it great brian a hey, uh, man i took up a lot of your time looking at the clock here it's really right rolling um is there you know i think one way to end this basically is is there anything else that you wanted to mention to you know and, and i'm proud because we've got over 100 countries that listen to the show i wish everybody in the country was listening i know sometimes it's only four or five people in each country but at least we've got certain people listening um anything you want to leave them with uh whether it be in baseball in general or wbsc and so forth
1: man that's uh that's broad I, uh no, I just, I'm, look, I'm, I'm honored to have been on the, on the show. I, I really appreciate you and what you do for, you know, the, the baseball community and softball communities that want to learn. Um, you know, I love listening to your show because you have a lot of interesting people on of all walks of life uh, that really have a lot to offer. And you can always learn something. I've, I've learned something on every single time I've, I've listened to your podcast. I hope that I added to that. Uh, I won't be presumptuous and assume I did. I hope I did. Um, But I'm honored to be a part of that. I'm honored to be a part of of this whole WBSC process. And and it really, I mean, I'm sure I'll say this again at some point uh, to people, but it's really been an experience of a lifetime to, uh, you know, in in some respects, completely come out of the the upper deck. uh, And now all of a sudden be nominated for these really unique positions and and have a chance to possibly impact a lot of people in the world. Uh, Really, that's special to me. It means a lot to me. I'm flattered by all the support I've gotten and all the encouragement I've gotten from all over the world. Uh, Every continent has been just, you know, incredible. uh, The people I've talked to and and how supportive they've been, Uh, whether that leads to an election or not, I don't know, but it's been wonderful to meet these people and learn about what's going on and find out ways to help. And as you said, no matter what happens, I'm going to be involved uh, in this space going forward because I've truly, I've made the connections now to, to, and, you know, found specific things I can help people with, but I've also found something that for me personally is, uh, is really fulfilling and really fun. So I look forward to being a part of that, but I'm just really thankful to, uh, to have this platform to be able to talk about and, and, and to have met all these people and been a part of this world for the time I have been. And I'm excited about what that means going forward.
0: Awesome, man. That's fantastic. And uh, I got to tell you, I was excited about this. Um, I, this might be one of the few shows that I actually prepared for. Um, and over 300, usually I just like to rock and roll and just go, go with the flow. Um, and folks, you know, we don't have questions and answers. We don't know what the questions are going to be. Um, We just kind of go with it. And uh, I'll tell you what, it was a fantastic show. There was so much information. That's what I'm saying. This could have been a four or five hour show. So again, (laughs) Brian, man, uh, thank you. I uh, wish you the best. I hope you get one of these positions because I look forward to working with you somewhere down the road. Um, God bless you. And uh, we're watching the elections. It's July 4th, I believe. And uh, we'll get get the announcements out when they happen.
1: No, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I really appreciate it. I'm excited about it.
0: All right, folks, Brian Manetti, thank you. And also special thanks to Brian Croc, our producer with the Lineup Media Group. Special thanks to everybody in the U.S. and around the world and ESPN Honolulu. Aloha. Thank you, folks. Don't forget, do our do your best, share the show, help us out. We just ask that you get the show out to everybody in the game of baseball, whether it be players, coaches or parents, it doesn't matter who it is in the game. Um, and anytime you have somebody that you like to you know see or listen to on the podcast, send us an email, let us know who it is and why that person should be on the show. It doesn't matter who it is. As long as they can help the game of baseball, we'll have them on the show. Email me, caliendo19 at gmail.com. All right, folks, remember, stay healthy, stay safe. God bless you, and we'll see you on the next show. Bye, everybody. This has been Baseball Outside the Box with Peter Caliendo. Listen online at baseballoutsidethebox.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and all major podcast outlets. Join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. Get all of our podcasts now at lineupmedia.fm.